Uh-huh. I just feel like I've been around the block, ripping up fantasy stock, working around the clock. Look at the view from the top. Researching rookies a lot? No, I just be listening to pods. Yeah, one in particular. I'm just a messenger. Let me just pass on the rock. Browning, running, bruning, pronouncing ain't what he's doing. What he's doing is not losing, but infusing you with new things. And there's Dennis the Bennett. Yeah, the man is a menace. Yeah, building a dynasty. Some of the finest things. Promise you, you won't regret it. Slice a fox, culture didn't pop, give him his props. Here is a thought, here is a box, and you cannot compare them at all, so don't even try. Careful with the news, but when you use a take, I take up Tony Fire, I mean dire, because anyone else is a huge mistake. Whoa, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Hey, fantasy round table, fantasy, fantasy round table, fantasy round table, come take a look at the crown, baby. Go. What is going on, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Fantasy Football Roundtable Podcast. It is Wednesday, Wednesday, not Wednesday, Wednesday, November 3rd, and man, has uh, it been what feels like a crazy month since we last talked two days ago. Holy crap, a lot has gone down. We have got a lot to talk about today. NFL trade deadline, obviously some of the moves and other unfortunate things that have happened. We will discuss our rankings, we will recap the Monday Night Football game, and we will preview the Thursday Night Football game between the Jets and the Colts. But before we do all that, Matt, how are you doing on this muggy Wednesday? It's not It's not, it's, it's, it's not a pleasurable Wednesday. Yeah, it's not too bad here. We, we uh, got that air mass, I think you got now in Texas. We got that on Sunday and, you know, went from Saturday where it was like 72 degrees and perfect to uh, Sunday. The high was 37. And I wondered what, you know, kind of frozen wasteland I had moved to. Now I can see the sun again. I have been inside most of the day, but I can see it through my little glass cubes. Uh, and it's giving me hope, unlike the news out of the NFL. Seeing the sun giving me hope. Yeah, I mean, that makes one of us. I haven't seen the sun in like a day and a half and uh, starting to miss a little bit. It's gotten down. It's like the 40s here in Texas, which I don't mind, but it's it's definitely uh, different from like the 70s, 80s we had just like three days ago. So, uh, yeah, so before we jump into all of the news, though, we would like to, to mention that we are part of the Pigskin Podcast Network. You can find them at PigskinPodNet on Twitter, or you can search the hashtag TPPN, which we all hashtag when we go live or put up our show skin. It's a great uh, network to be a part of. ton of great other podcasts on there as well, not just fantasy football, but football, hockey, baseball. It's got it all. So let's jump in and talk about uh, the Monday Night Football game first. Uh, I really feel like my description of this game Friday worked out fairly well with the way that this yeah. game turned out. It was uh, not really that entertaining, but the Chiefs do come away with the 20-17 to win. Matt, the Giants played tough, but they came up short. What do you think of this franchise? Does Joe Judge, Daniel Jones... Uh, my goodness, his name just jumped out of my head. GM, cannot think of his name. Gettleman, Gettleman. Gettleman, do all of them get one more year? You know, does Joe, just Joe Judge, just Daniel Jones? And what do you think the future is here? Yeah, I mean, this was supposed to be kind of a crossroads year. I don't know if I would blame Daniel Jones for the fact that they're two and six. Uh, record wise, it hasn't worked out, but they've they've played hard. 
a lot of injuries. You know, man, they can't get Saquon on the field. They went and got Kenny Galladay. I think we've seen him play like a game and a half. Sterling Shepard's still out. Darius Slayton apparently forgot how to play professional football. Evan Ingram just exists. I am leaning to, you know, not being a Giants fan, I may feel different than Giants fans, maybe just sick of it all. But I think Daniel Jones has played well enough that I would be curious to see him yet another year. Maybe it's a coordinator change. You know, maybe Jason Garrett isn't the answer. I know this can be surprising to all of us. I I think they've played hard for Joe Judge, too, these last two years. I wouldn't say they're the most talented squad. I'm wondering if it's a GM change, maybe some coordinator changes, and those guys get a little bit of a pass. Yeah, I'm very curious to see where this goes because, I mean, Daniel Jones, I think, has actually played fairly well this year. And I think some of the stuff with him, they have really not had the full team around him, right? Like Barkley, again, we thought maybe we're going to get that this year. He's been hurt. Now he just got put on the COVID reserve list. Their their wide receivers, excuse me, have not been able to stay healthy. Offensive line has been bad. I don't know that they move on from Joe Judge. I mean, what is this? Is this his second year? Is this first year, right? It's his second year, yeah. I don't know. I mean, we've seen it before with teams moving on from coaches faster. I don't think they move on from him just yet. But I think the biggest one for me is what happens with Gettleman. Because if they move on from him, then I think both Joe Judge and Daniel Jones' future could be short-lived, I guess, if they do decide to stick with them at the Giants. Because we've seen in the past that these GMs don't always come in and and, and keep the holdovers, right? Uh, now, sometimes they're told, hey, you got to make it work with Daniel Jones or you got to make it work with Joe Judge. I don't know that that happens here. So I really think a lot of it is tied to Gettleman. If Gettleman gets more, one more year, then I think both of Judge and Daniel Jones could as well. Uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if they move on from all three in the offseason just because it's been another disappointing year. And I think the Giants, I got swept up in a little bit. I still think Daniel Jones is good. He, he's not horrible like a lot of people make him out to be. But I, a lot of people got swept up in them possibly contending for the East this year. That's not going to happen. And even as bad as realistically the East has been, like it's just Dallas. Philly has not been that good. Obviously, I can't remember who Washington the other team is. Washington off. has fallen off a cliff. You know, Philly, and again, Philly has not been good. So Giants realistically could if they've just been playing decent ball, been the second place in this division, really outside the top of the NFC. There's a lot of room to fight for one of those playoff spots. So I'm very interested to see what happens uh, with, with them moving forward. I, I, I can't say, you know, for sure what I think could happen there. Uh, on the Chiefs side, though, it, it barely gets a win again. Is it time to reconsider whether the Chiefs are still contenders in the AFC? Yeah, I mean, it's going to be a tough road um, back now. You know, we'll talk about some news in a minute that, that that impacts them getting a little bit of a break here in week nine. But, you know, every time we thought, well, this is an easy opponent and the Chiefs are just going to get back on top, penalties, dooming them. I mean, I, I had a game heading into Monday night where I was down two points playing Devontae Booker. The other guy had Patrick Mahomes. I chalked it up as a loss. I won that game. You know, we, we've Patrick Mahomes is, you know, his career high in interceptions is 12. He's already thrown 10. We're not even halfway through the season. His touchdowns have come down. Their offense doesn't look like it's gelling really well, which makes me, I don't know about you. I was kind of interested given that their offensive line play that they traded an offensive lineman for a tight end uh, at the trade deadline didn't make sense to me either. 
Yeah, and it was curious, and I don't want to read too much into it, but the fact that they traded Tardif, who was not with the team last year because he decided to go back to Canada and help fight COVID, I thought it was very interesting. They it's like a face to, of the NFL, though, of, of yeah. man of the year stuff. He's been doing all these ads, and I'm like, oh yeah, Whoa. and that's why I was I was just very curious. It just seemed weird because, like I said, to to trade away an offensive lineman who that's clearly one of their biggest issues with the team right now. Uh, and in him specifically, I thought it was just kind of weird, but I don't know. That part of it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I still think the Chiefs are going to make the playoffs uh, because of how good I think Patrick Mahomes and the other star players are on that offense. But they're clearly – I mean, we've been talking about this for weeks, right? They're just – they're not the Chiefs that they that they ha- used to be, I guess is the, is the way to put it. I don't know that they're – you can count on Patrick Mahomes to go out there and you know, throw four touchdowns a week and, and lead teams back. I think if someone starts scoring more points on them, the Chiefs might be done. I don't know that they can play keep up anymore like they could in the past. And maybe some of this too is, is a little bit of what Tampa Bay showed us and how you could beat them in the Super Bowl because nobody yeah. else seemed to do it. And then Tampa Bay does it. And all of a sudden this team is looking very, very beatable right now. All right. <clears throat> News and notes. Start with the worst one of, of all of this. Um, Henry Ruggs III. I mean, everybody's been talking about it. If you guys, ha- I can't imagine you haven't seen or heard about this story at this point. Uh, he gets into a, a horrible accident that claims the life of a young woman and apparently her dog that was just released here about 30 minutes ago. Uh, due to him, he was going 156 miles an hour on a highway, impaired or intoxicated. Not even on a highway. He was on a street sorry, yeah, right behind the casinos, which makes it almost more shocking to believe that he got up to yeah. that speed. <clears throat> uh, when he unfortunately crashed into the back of the woman's car, he was going at least 127, I believe is what the cops have said now. He also had a loaded gun with him. Again, I, I, I'll i just make a quick thing here on Ruggs, uh, and, and we can move on from it, because I don't think he's worth talking about at this point. I, I don't mean to be insensitive, but he, he took the life of a, a young woman by being, if I'm being honest, an idiot. Uh, and, and I don't think it's fair to that. We continue to talk about rugs and what that means. You know, I, I can't say that I've never done it. I have when I was younger, I've, I've driven, driven home drunk, not proud of it, but I, I, I know a lot of people who have done it. Doesn't make it okay. And now though, it's so much easier. Like I did this 10 years ago where Uber and Lyft were not, what they are now. The NFL, if I remember correctly as well, has a service that all you have to do is call and tell them where you are and they will send someone to come pick you up and take you home if you're too drunk. And I'm almost positive the players don't even pay for that. That's an NFL thing. they don't. It's free. So there is multiple ways that he could have just gotten home if he was that intoxicated. He was, I believe, almost three times the legal limit as well as what came out today. So And he's in Las Vegas, the Uber capital of the world. Exactly. Like, you know, you've got to know that it is not okay for you to do that. He did it, and, and he's going to he's gonna suffer the consequences of that. You know, we, if you guys did not listen, Austin and Felix, who are both lawyers by day, did a little episode about this is like about 15 minutes long. It dropped on the campus to Canton feed. I would really suggest you listen to, it, especially Felix, who's who's practiced being a, a defending lawyer before. He talked about he doesn't see any way Ruggs gets out of at least two years in prison. So he's likely done. Um, and 
that part of it is what it is. He's, he's going to pay for, for the decision that he made. Um, again, I, I just, my, my condolences and, and prayers for the woman who lost her life and her family, because I think they're the real victims here in, in all of that. Um, if you have anything to say on that, Matt, go ahead. I think we can, you know, it's not an yeah. easy transition to talk about the fantasy side of things. We are a fantasy show, so we can address that part of it. But if you want to mention anything on that before we move on. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think we can talk about the, the fantasy impacts when, we're, when we talk about their game on Friday, but I, I'm with you. It's a tragic and a horrible situation. I feel horrible for his victim's family. I also feel, you know, bad for his his teammates. It's got to be tough to try to go back to work with that. You know that they are going to, you know, this is a group of people that already had to answer a lot of tough questions about things their coach said. Uh, and now things that their their friend and teammate did. Um, you know, and it's not probably just their teammate. I know people pointed out he was very close with, you know, Devonta Smith and some of his other uh, Alabama. You know, everybody's got to be a little bit uh, shaken, but just horrible for, for that family. I believe they said she was 23. Um, just a really sad story all the way around. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I can't, I can't stress this enough guys. Like just get an Uber. Like I, I saw a lot of people talking about that today on Twitter. Like the, ch- I mean, what's the worst that happens? You show up the next day and you have a parking ticket for your car. Like that's better than, than, you know, I don't mean to sound insensitive, but throwing your life away over drinking. Cause that's literally what rugs just did. And then he stole a life from a young lady as well. Cause she now, again, you've been 23 years old. I mean, that's, that's, that's 11 years younger than I am right now. She's not going to get to live her life with her family, anything like that. That's just, it, it's, it's unnecessary. There's so many ways for you to get home nowadays that all you have to do is pick up a phone and call. And especially someone in his position who has even more things available than the regular Joe Schmoes like we do. So it's just, it, it's completely unnecessary. Just call somebody, have somebody take you home. It, it's better than, than going through what just happened, unfortunately in Vegas this past day. All right, let's uh, again. Not no real easy way to transition uh, from that, but let's go ahead and talk about Michael Thomas. Who news came out today that he has a new ankle injury and is out for twenty twenty one. I mean, his future has got to be just clouded in mystery right now. I mean, I, I will give Sean Payton a lot of credit. He seems to just like not bash Michael Thomas at all. Seems to always kind of have his back whenever he talks in the media. But I, I would imagine there may be a realistic shot he's not with the Saints much longer after this. Yeah, things weren't good between him and the organization before. I think there's a reasonable chance that he's played his last down for the Saints. I think, you know, obviously for redraft 2021, drop him, no worries. We also focus on Dynasty. This is a meteoric fall for a guy who is pretty well regarded as consensus number one dynasty receiver heading into the 2020 season. This is now two lost years. Don't know all of what's gone on with him off the field, health questions. I don't know how you feel. I don't think he's even a top 25 dynasty receiver anymore. I mean, there's no reason to think that he is. We haven't seen him even the last time he was on the field and granted he was dealing with the injury. He wasn't good. I don't think it was all Drew Brees, so I don't want to put it on that. But clearly those two had a great chemistry. You know, we had hopes with what Jameis Winston could do at quarterback that he would rebound. But, 
yeah, at this point, we don't know when we're going to see him. I know, I believe the Saints can get it out of his contract in 2022. So I would think, you know, he's likely at least going to be with the Saints next year. I was trying to look at his, like his dead cap is 32 million or 22 million if they cut him before the yeah. end of 2022. So I doubt they cut him, but there's an out in the contract after 2022. The Saints might take that at this point. So I, yeah, I'm with you. There's, there's just so many good young receivers who, Again, you can't predict health, but we talk about it all the time. Everybody talks about it. Availability is the best, you know, best. What is the, what's the word? I can't ability. Remember. Yeah, is the best ability. He has not shown that in almost two years now. So I, I'm with you. I think, unfortunately, I don't even know if you can move him in a dynasty league because you're not going to get like you're not even going to get a first round pick back for him unless you can find like just the the you know highest uh, Thomas truther that thinks he's going to come back and be that. It's kind of unfortunately nobody's going to want to hear this, but it's like Le'Veon Bell in 2017. You sort of have to hold and hope, you know, either that he can play in 2022 and shows out something, or gets traded somewhere and gives some hope. But I absolutely would not trade him if I have him right now because you're not going to get anything back. Yeah. I mean, so let me ask you: if you if there is someone in your league who's a big, if they offered you a first, would you take that? 2022 first either 2022 2023 2023 probably take seems like from what i've gleaned that class is a little bit better i don't know 2022 first i might roll the dice and hope michael thomas comes back i got you i I think that 2022 class i I mentioned it on twitter the other days it's a little bit better than i myself included kind of gave it credit for so but yeah, it's one of those things where you're not going to get you're you may not even get fifty cents on the dollar right now for Michael Thomas because he has not been on the field for two years. Uh, another interesting situation here. Nothing a hundred percent has been reported, but OBJ is likely done with the Cleveland Browns. Uh, a lot of drama yesterday with um, all started. I don't. Did you see any of this? By the way, like I followed the. I heard things, about though. his father. Yeah. So what's funny about that, right, is his father posted that video and started talking crap because he was following a Baker Mayfield fan account, and he thought it was the actual Baker Mayfield talking crap about Odell. So he posts that and goes all in on all this stuff on an account that was not the actual Baker Mayfield that started this whole thing. Um, Obviously, it's escalated from there. I was actually just watching, uh, waiting to pick my kids up. Uh, Baker was just doing some press conferences. Apparently, he hasn't spoken to Odell Neither has Kevin Stefanski. It seems like it's just his representatives talking to Andrew Barry. Stefanski made a statement, I believe, in his press conference or told the team that as of now, Odell is no longer with the team. That, that to me, says he's not coming back this year and he's likely going to get cut, which is a big thing. I mean, the Browns are about to eat. I think it's $8 million the rest of this year. Now, they could have got out of him at the end of this year for free. I've talked a lot about that because they can also do the same with Jarvis, and I was very curious to see what they would do with the wide receiver position. I've I've stated all along that I thought they would hold on to Jarvis and Odell was likely going to be the one to go. Didn't think it was going to happen midseason. So, see, my feeling is, if I'm Cleveland, I just make him a healthy scratch. So there are a lot of rumors that that's what they're going to do. I yeah. am give him the Deshaun torn. Watson treatment. I just think you let him go. I mean, I you're eating the eight million dollars either way, right? And but if At you this point, if you think you still can work yourself back into the playoffs, you don't want him to get taken by a team that's blocking your path. 
True, but I also think, and I don't know that Jarvis is a professional, so I don't know that he would. But I think those two being best friends, you're putting some animosity there. And I, and I think that's not going to be the only guy on the team that likes him, right? Like, that's not the only person on the team that likes Odell. They've got, I'm sure he's got other friends in the locker room. I think you can create a bigger locker room issue if you, because while I get it, what you're saying with the competitive side, you're also in a way screwing Odell for realistically no reason. I mean, because let's be honest, I, I know a lot of people blame him and a lot of people blame Baker. Not it's no not reason. just on them that this, well, what's the, what's the reason? I mean, you have a contract for him to play. Yeah. I know he's not responsible for his parents, but that certainly feels like the kind of thing you do to make a spectacle to force somebody's hand. I honestly, honestly, if it's me, no chance I'm, I'm outright releasing him because no. See, I, I don't know. I, parents are parents. As, as someone who has kids, I've never done anything like that, obviously. But, like, I could see getting upset and trying to, like, help my, my son. Again, because he felt, his father felt attacked by the fan account. It was not the actual Baker Mayfield, which is on the father for doing that to begin with. But I, I don't know. I just think I, I believe in good and bad karma, and I don't see the point in holding him. It doesn't help you in any way. In, in my opinion, it just makes you look petty in, in holding him because, again, he's done. He didn't say anything. Now, granted, he didn't. Uh, he didn't come out and not and and defend Baker or anything. But it's also hard to t- to speak out against your parents, right or wrong. I think he hasn't. I do not like the fact that he hasn't spoken to Stefanski or Baker. I think you've got to be an adult about the situation, whether you agree with what your father said or not. You call them, you say, hey, look, that was my dad. And even if you did, like, I kind of agree with what he said. You know, uh, I, I believe it was uh, Emmanuel Acho pointed out some stuff yesterday about this that he thinks it's more Stefanski that's to blame, and I don't disagree with him. If you look at what happened to Thielen and Diggs before Stefanski took over play calling in Minnesota, so then what happened after, you can see the exact same correlation with Odell and how his his targets and stats and everything have dropped. So I think a lot of it is based on Stefanski's offense, and I, I can understand why Odell is frustrated with that because he, right or wrong, probably still believes he's one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And Baker is also not the kind of quarterback who's going to force the ball to you anyway. He throws to the guy who's open, which doesn't work a lot of times with alphas like that who may not be getting open right away or is not getting open as quickly as a Jarvis Landry who's open after like three steps five yards out because he's just so good at creating separation. So for me, I think – You've got to avoid – this team is already struggling. They're not in a good place. They're 4-4. Four and four. A lot of people expected them to be much better than what they are right now. They have, I believe, the fourth toughest schedule down the stretch as well. They want to make the playoffs. I don't think you can have anything else kind of putting any other strain on relationships or locker room stuff. Just let him go. If, if it comes back to bite you, it does. But I get, almost bet you it's not. Uh, I, I think if he goes to another team, you know, it's one of those things like, hey, we wish him well. Good luck, Odell. We're sorry it didn't work out here in Cleveland. And if he goes, I mean, he's not going to the Chiefs. He's uh, A lot of people are saying, like, I think the Eagles, and there's another team that we're, like, talking about possibly claiming him if he goes. And it was an NFC team. So the best chance is he's going to go to the NFC. Let him. Just let him go. Get it out of your locker room. If he's causing that many issues or if there's any other drama with that, he's gone. You guys move forward without him. Everybody talked about last year, right? He, the team was better without Odell. Then just let him go. And, and, and I don't even care about it from the fantasy side of things because I don't know if he goes he goes to Philly, he's not going to be any better. Jalen Hurts can't get Devonta Smith or Jalen Rager the ball. So how is going to Philly going to help Odell? I just think let it go, just move on from the whole Odell saga. It's kind of like the last big holdover from the John Dorsey era anyways. 
outside of Baker. And then let's just move forward with Baker and this team and see what we can do. So I don't know that they'll actually do it. There are a lot of reports ba- saying that they would do what you said, Matt, and just kind of hold him and make him a healthy scratch, eat the $8 million. I think they have to eat it either way, whether they get rid of him or hold him. Yeah. So I just, I think, for drama, and even if you don't want to believe, I believe in karma. All that stuff, like just get him, get him, get him out, move forward. Let's let's just move this team forward and see if we can make the playoffs because it's not working out. And, and Odell being there, I don't think is because I, I don't think he would do this, but I could see him making things ten times worse by not being let go and making more issues and, and or his dad more drama on social media, and then that just brings an even bigger rain cloud on top of the franchise. So I, I just think you just move on altogether. Just be done with it. Uh, COVID strikes again this week and, and hurts us again with our fantasy lineups. Aaron Rodgers and Noah Fant have been placed on the COVID list, Matt. Yeah, big break for the Chiefs who, uh, you know, have struggled, as we mentioned. Get the Packers this week are going to get Jordan Love. Um, hopefully Adams will be back. Uh, he's, he's tracking, I think, to be back. But big loss. Uh, Rogers is considered unvaccinated by the NFL, so he is out until at least November 13th, which uh, actually puts in jeopardy. I can't remember if they have a bye next week. It puts in jeopardy if they're playing the 14th too. So not a great situation for Green Bay. Just when you thought they had surged back to being on top of the NFC, uh, you know, big winner here is the Rams. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There. Uh, I mean, who do the Packers play again this week? I forgot. Oh, the Chiefs. They play the Chiefs. They're at the Chiefs. So I, you know, yeah. that's. I'm curious to see what Jordan Love looks like. You know, and I, if, for Packers fans, this may not be the worst thing because you need to brace yourself for an eventuality at the end of this season that may come. But nobody would have chosen to, hey, Jordan Love's first start is going to be on the road at Arrowhead. Yeah. But imagine what it would be like if he goes out there and balls out. I mean, again, Aaron Rodgers can get out of his contract after this year. It could, it could you know, mean good things all around for Green Bay. Is If he goes out there and looks really good, it's like, well, hey, Rodgers moves on. We have our franchise quarterback. If he goes out there and looks bad, yeah. like, hey, hopefully Rodgers stays and we're good to go moving forward. So, yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely sucks, though. I mean, Rodgers uh, got, uh, was it Washington, Tampa Bay, Seattle, and who's the fourth team? Washington. I can't remember who it is now off the top of my head. Um, Detroit. 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 Okay, well, so you're really only missing Brady then off of the uh, – well, Heineke's been pretty good, but just another uh, – And so it w- they do have a game on the 14th at home against the Seahawks, so it's – you know, you could potentially see him miss two games, and what a break that would be if Russ yeah. comes back and there's no Rodgers. What, would he miss two games? I thought he said he was vaccinated. No, he's considered unvaccinated by the NFL. He did an experimental treatment that the NFL rejected. He – petitioned an arbiter and they decided declared him unvaccinated as an unvaccinated player who tests positive he is required to be out for at least 10 days they said the soonest he could return is november 13th which would be the saturday night before so next week you know you need to start having a plan because next week could be another week where you're having to sweat it out that is tough. I didn't. I just saw a thing saying that he said he was. I couldn't remember. They it just like posted he a new update. He so. said he was immune. That he had yeah. had an immunization. He, you know, didn't work out. 
Yeah. All right. So let's let's just kind of recap some of the trades here, and then afterwards, if there's any that kind of stick out to you, you can uh, we can definitely talk about them. So, uh, Kerry Vincent, the cornerback, goes to the Eagles for a sixth round pick. We mentioned earlier, Dan Brown goes to the Chiefs for Laurent Duvernay Tardif, who goes to the Jets. Uh, Charles, oh, I don't have any idea how to spell Charles his o. name. Charles O, I believe, is a defensive lineman player. Goes to the 49ers. Melvin Ingram to the Chiefs from the uh, Steelers. Von Miller from the Denvers to the Rams. Mark Ingram from the Texans to the Saints. Joe Flacco goes to the Jets. Kenny Young to the Broncos. Zach Ertz to the Cardinals. Stephon Gilmore to the Panthers. And then, of course, C.J. Henderson as well to the Panthers were the trades this offseason. Any of those stick out to you or anything you really want to talk about? Uh, probably good for the Chiefs getting Ingram because their defense hasn't been able to get a lot of pressure. So kind of a nice grab, see if that makes a difference. We talked about the, the Von Miller trade, probably the biggest uh, one there. Um, some of these trades have not – it's not been long since they happened. They already look like a mistake. So uh, I think yeah. it was more notable for the big names we didn't see move. Agreed, yeah. Like at Allen Robinson, that's just um, – you know – I don't. I saw some people saying they were dropping him. I can't drop him, but he's on my bench now. Moving forward, and that kind of sucks. Um, yeah, yeah. The Miller one sticks out a lot to me too because the Rams are going all in for Super Bowl, which I get. They're still in their window, but man, in two or three years, if they don't end up winning a Super Bowl and all these contracts come home to roost and no picks to rebuild, the Rams could be in a very bad place for a very long time. So, so the. The Rams, uh, Denver is eating nine million of the nine point seven million salary for Von Miller. This is the last year of his contract, so it's oh, kind yeah. of a no, low yeah. barrier thing for this year. But yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I'm just talking like in general the way that they've handled yeah. the past uh, the past couple of years of trading away all those picks, and then they just gave away a second yeah. and a third this year to get Vaughn, which again. They're one of the best teams, and if they win a Super Bowl, I think it's worth it, right? If you win a Super Bowl, even if you have to rebuild for five years, you've got that Super Bowl first one brought back to Los Angeles probably since the greatest show on turf. But still, if you don't, if you go three-year, if you this next three-year windows, I'd say the window's probably from one to three years, and they don't win a Super Bowl, and they've given away all this draft capital. I mean, they've done a good job getting some of these players, but I mean, Tutu Atwell this last year in the second round, dude played like 10 snaps all together and is already on IR, like, it's going to be, could be a long rebuild for the Rams. Well, we're about to look at uh, our rankings this week, so you'll have our advice. But if you want to get the tools that help Bob Harris reach the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame, head to footballdiehards.com and get the Flash Update Pro, a full suite of tools to make you a better fantasy manager. He have rankings, configurable cheat sheets, mock drafts, consistency tools, target distribution, snap counts, and more. Use code ROUNDTABLE for an additional 15% off the already low price of $24. All right, so let's talk about our oh our rankings, duh. I don't know why I was confused there for a minute. All right, uh, as per usual, we will talk about our top 12 at each position. I'll let you kick it off here, Matt, with quarter. All right. So 12, Kirk Cousins, Vikings, hopefully a little bit better game than he had on Sunday night. 11, Ryan Tannehill for the Titans. They're going to have to throw. 10, Joe Burrow for the Bengals. I still like his talent, even in a matchup that might be tougher. Nine for me, Derek Carr for the Raiders. Um, you know, it's been a tough week, but I still 
I still like what he's done this season, and they're playing the Giants. Number eight, Jalen Hurts for the Eagles. Seven, Kyler Murray for the Cardinals. I'm a little bit worried, um, you know, about the ankle, but he's he's trying to play, and I think if he plays, you have to start him. Six, Justin Herbert for the Chargers, hoping for a bounce back. Five, Patrick Mahomes for the Chiefs, same. Uh, number four, Dak Prescott for the Cowboys. I have seen Denver's defense a lot. It does not scare me. Uh, number three, Matt Stafford for the Rams. Two, Lamar Jackson for the Ravens. And number one, Josh Allen for the Buffalo Bills, who gets gifted the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah, that's uh, uh, that's definitely a great matchup for him. All right, so for me, at 12, I have Kirk Cousins. I believe you had him as 12 as well, right? Yeah. So we both have Kirk Cousins here at 12 going up against Baltimore at 11. I have Derek Carr at uh, 10. I have Kyler Murray going up against San Francisco nine Jalen Hurts at eight. I have Ryan Tannehill at seven. I have Justin Herbert six Joe Burrow five Dak Prescott four Patrick Mahomes three Lamar Jackson two Matt Stafford. And then number one for me as well is Josh Allen. All right, at running back, number 12, Josh Jacobs for the Raiders. He had a bye week to get healthy. Hopefully that helps. Running back, not great this week. I feel like we say that every week. Not great. Uh, Number 11, Daryl Henderson for the Rams. Uh, Number 10, Michael Carter for the Jets. Uh, He was RB2 last week. I think he's on there. Number 9, Nick Chubb for the Browns. Uh, eight, Ezekiel Elliott for the Cowboys. Seven, Joe Mixon for the Bengals. Six, Austin Eckler for the Chargers. Five, Aaron Jones for the Packers. Going to be even more important. I honestly moved A.J. Dillon up into my top 25 as well. Uh, number four, Najee Harris for the Steelers. Three, Dalvin Cook, Vikings. Two, Jonathan Taylor for the Colts. And number one, the offensive team picture for New Orleans, Alvin Kamara. All right. For me at 12, I have Damian Harris. He's been really good for the Patriots the past couple weeks. I think he's going to continue to tote the rock. At 11, I have Michael Carter. Agree. I mean, since he's taken over as the as the lead back, he's been really good. I think that continues this week. At uh, 10, I have Dalvin Cook going up against Baltimore. Although he did struggle last week. That one worries me a little bit. But at 9, Darrell Henderson. At 8, I have Nick Chubb. At 7, I have Aaron Jones. Just moved. And I don't feel great about that trade. At six, I have Alvin Kamara. At five, uh, wait, what did I just do here? I messed up my ranking somewhere. Hang on. Okay, sorry. What did I do? I'm sorry. So at eight, I have Joe Mixon. Seven, I have Alvin Kamara. Six, I have Nick Chubb. Five, I have Aaron Jones. I missorted that for some reason. Four, I have Zeke Elliott going up against Denver. Three, Najee Harris, who has just been... I mean, that dude won the Steelers that game uh, against the Browns, in my opinion, this past weekend. Two, I have Austin Eckler. And one, I have Jonathan Taylor going up against the Jets Thursday night. So, speaking of the Colts, at 12 at receiver, Michael Pittman for the Colts. Uh, I had Devontae Adams in the top 12. I will be honest, I dropped him to 13 when Rodgers went out because I don't trust it. Uh, 11, Amari Cooper for the Cowboys. 10, CeeDee Lamb for the Cowboys. 9, Deontay Johnson for the Steelers. 8, Keenan Allen, Chargers. 7, Debo Samuel, who has been incredible for the 49ers. Justin Jefferson for the Vikings at 6. Jamar Chase for the Bengals at 5. I think he'll bounce back after a soft week. Number four, Stephon Diggs for the Bills. Three, A.J. Brown for the Titans. I think he is going to be the focal point for the Titans from here on out. Number two, Tyree Kill for the Chiefs. And number one, Little Cooper Cup. Yeah, I have A.J. Brown a little bit lower just because I think 
there is no one else on this passing offense to worry about. I think he gets locked up with uh, mm-hmm. with uh, God, Julio, is at, this Julio is at least back practicing. Yeah, I'm not worried about. It. I think I think Brown's the I think Brown's the guy. I th- I mean I think he's still gonna get. I'm at 12. That's why I was like I I I, I think he's probably be top five for me the rest of the season. But I think Ramsey he gets a lot of Ramsey this week. So at 11 I have Michael Pittman. At 10 I have Brandon Cooks. That Miami team has been bad, and he and he's at least been good. Suck to see that he didn't get moved as well with as good as he's been. Uh, at nine, I have Justin Jefferson. At eight, I have Robert Woods. At seven, I have Stephon Diggs. At five, I have Marquise Hollywood. I'm sorry, at six, I have Marquise Hollywood Brown. At five, Debo Samuel. Four, Deontay Johnson. Three, Tyree Kill. Two, and I hope I'm wrong on this because I'm playing him in a lot of leagues this week, but Jamar Chase against the Browns. And then number one is Cooper Cup for me as well. Trying that reverse jinx again. Ah oh, uh, man, I hope I'm 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 playing him in a big. The dude I'm playing has Cooper Cup and Jamar Chase, and I'm just like, uh, that's what I'm saying because I need a win this week in the in a major way. And I'm like, can just one of you fall short? I know both of you won't. Just need one of you. So twelve for me, uh, Tyler Higby for the Rams. I wasn't going to put him in the top twelve, and then I saw the tight end slate, and I was like, oh shit. Uh, number eleven, Sackerts. Eagles, but I meant Cardinals. <laughs> Old habits die hard. Uh, number 10, Dan Arnold for the Jaguars. Uh, Jaguars suck, but he's getting tons of targets. Number 9, Hunter Henry for the Patriots. Number 8, Dalton Schultz for the Cowboys. 7, Kyle Pitts for the Falcons. A little bit worried that without Kyle, uh, without Calvin Ridley, Pitts is just getting yeah, hammered I with coverages. Him. Yeah, I dropped him a lot of months too. Number six, Dallas Goddard for the Eagles. Number five, Mike Kosecki for the Dolphins. Number four, looks like he might play George Kittle for the 49ers. Number three, Darren Waller for the Raiders. Number two, Mark Andrews for the Ravens. Number one, Travis Kelsey. All right, yeah, so I did not rank Kittle because I wasn't sure if he was going to play or not. So at 12, I have Hunter Henry. At 11, I have Dan Arnold. At 10, I have C.J. Uzoma. At 9, Evan Ingram. I'm still, you know, he scored last week. Yes, and it actually, I think you got him into the top 12. With I know, and I'm, I'm going to keep him there. I think he scores again, and he's been all right. At uh, at at 8, I have Mo Alley-Cox. At 7, I have Kyle Pitts. 6, Mike Gesicki. Five, Darren Waller, hoping he bounces back. And with um, obviously on the unfortunate news, I think he could become a a much bigger targeted player now, or become what he was last year. Four, Dalton Schultz. Three, Dallas Goddard. Two, Mark Andrews, and then number one, Travis Kelsey. I probably would put Kittle at about five and just move everybody down if he plays. But I wasn't sure if he was going to, so I did not rank him this week. I hope he comes back. I could use him on behalf of my Scott Fishball team. I'm feeling hopeful. On behalf of your Scott Fishball team, I'm hopeful. Uh, I don't have the big thing to remember is if he gets activated, you got to go remember to put him back into your Scott Fishball. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that is for sure. If you're hungry for a win, like uh, like Matt and I are. Uh, DraftKings has you covered. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is offering a great deal for new customers. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and if they do, you do. 
you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Contests. And DraftKings is giving new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN. Bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and win $200 in free bets if they win, you win with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years or older in New Jersey, Indiana. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so let's talk about that I guess that I got Thursday too excited night. about that DraftKings read. Yeah, it froze up on you just a little. I was like, oh, no. I, th- I thought he might be gone there for a minute. Um, yeah, so Thursday Night Football, uh, not looking like a great game. Maybe hopefully it'll be a great game for Jonathan Taylor. Uh, but we get the might Jets be a fun game. the Colts. I hope so. I really do because, you know. It'll be a dry fart, you know. Hey, that's better than the wet fart we got Monday night, right? So um, let's 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 all hope. Uh, for the Jets side here, Tevin Coleman, Corey Davis, and George Fant are all questionable. Aside from, I'm sorry, Mike White was amazing in his debut. Do you think he can do it here again against the Indianapolis defense? And what do you think about Michael Carter in this game? Yeah, I don't think he'll be quite as high as he was last week, but you never know. Uh, Corey Davis, hopefully if he plays, gives him another weapon. I obviously like Michael Carter. We just talked about in the rankings. Uh, I should have thought about that. But we both have him top 12. I think uh, he's been a great player. I have Mike White mid-tier QB too, which isn't bad considering the QBs that are out there. I have him ahead of guys like Trevor Lawrence, Baker, Ben Roethlisberger, Teddy Bridgewater, a uh, few, few different players. I was impressed with what he did. I think if he can have another solid performance, there's no chance for seeing Flacco. And you have to start to wonder, uh, despite them hiring uh, his personal coach onto their staff, how long it'll be before they, they trot Wilson out again. Yeah, I mean, hey, look, the one thing I'll say, you guys gave me a lot of crap on Monday for saying the future franchise quarterback, Mike White. But uh, Salah didn't really say no to that. He said, hey, we're going to play the better player. And and he was amazing. Yeah. He, he talked him up a lot. It was uh, maybe not the best, not, maybe not the thing you want to hear if you're a Zach Wilson fan or, or Zach Wilson and his family. But I, I realistically, obviously, they're going to they hear Zach But they did quietly go there. out and hire Zach Wilson's personal coach to be part of the Jets coaching staff on Monday. So, well, I mean, yeah. Um, good good for him, I guess, you know. Look, so here's the one thing I'll say, because we're talking about the Jets anyways, right? Yeah. Zach Wilson is this uber-talented kid, and and I, I don't want this to sound like I'm bashing him. I, I am honestly secretly rooting for him because of how much shit everybody talks about. Like, I feel bad for him. I remember watching a lot of the draft stuff and everybody kind of making fun of him because he was kind of like this shy kid that didn't really know what to say and what to do. So secretly I am rooting for him. The one thing is we have not seen the Jets offense look like that at all while he was at quarterback. And then Mike White comes in there and makes it look like an incredible offense. That's where I'm a little bit confused at where the disconnect is. Like, that's my biggest thing. It's not that I think Mike White is better. And I get that, you know, some people use the argument, well, he was whatever he was, a fifth, sixth round, undrafted. So he has no pressure. I mean, you're right. He doesn't. 
But the offense still shouldn't have looked that good when it's looked not even half of that with Zach Wilson. Like Zach Wilson's made some amazing throws, but that offense has not looked that good. So that's just my biggest thing. I'm like, how come Mike White can just show up and make this offense look that good and your number two overall pick couldn't? And maybe that's even more reason not to, to rush throwing Zach Wilson back out there. Yes, correct. Sorry, I just hit like a random button and a bunch of stuff popped up on my computer. Um, but yeah, I, I'm with you. Um, I do want to see if he can do it again. Obviously, Indy's defense. A l- Here's the interesting. Not, they're thing. not better actually, than the Bengals, though. That's they're the not. Thing. Well, no. So I, was just, I wonder if the Bengals seem to collapse because really, if you look at it, Mike White wasn't doing that great until the fourth quarter. So I don't know what happened. Questionable call in there. The the other thing I would say is the Colts have to be pretty much a desperate team where the Bengals came in. It was probably a trap game for the Bengals. It's not going to be a trap for Indianapolis. Yeah. But guys like Darius, the, the biggest thing is this secondary is not good for the Colts, but you got Darius Leonard. You got that front line. That is good for the Colts. So I could see them getting some pressure on Mike White. I'm curious to see how well he handles that. But Carter, I mean, we both had him in our top 10. He's going to be a player this week. I think he's going to be good, not only because of what he's done running the ball, but they also throw him the ball a lot as well. So I'm, I'm all in on Carter this week. I think he's got a good week ahead of him. For the Colts, T.Y. Hilton is out. Quentin Nelson is uh, questionable. Aside from Pittman and Taylor, do you feel comfortable starting any of the other Colts players? You have Wentz about QB 15, I believe. I have him at a high-end QB 2. Um, he wouldn't be a bad super flex option to me, I, you know, one quarterback league unless you have no other options or he was like your backup to Rodgers and probably not toting him out there. But super flex, I'm not as confident in Mo Cox as you, and I have – you know, Neheim Hines hits or misses at random, as does Pascal. It's really Taylor and Pittman that I feel rock solid on. Yeah, Cox is just because he keeps doing it. And I don't I don't really know well, what else to say. Tight end is a garbage position. So, exactly. I mean, a touchdown I mean, and you're there. That, well, so that's my point. That's why I'm kind of in on him because I was trying to pull it up what he's done the past couple of weeks. So, I mean, 17, 6, 9, and 10. And, and I mean, that's he's he's putting he's finishing in the top 12 because of that. And again, it's the touchdowns. Yeah, for sure. Like that's a, a big part of it. But I, I think he can continue doing that because it, it really seems to be outside of um, Michael Pittman. That's who he goes to in the red zones. They sure as shit don't hand the ball off to Jonathan Taylor or hardly ever. I mean, we saw him go. What was it? Uh, I think I don't know if it was you who tweeted it out or somebody, but they got into the red zone on like the two yard line and they ran four passing plays and they have Jonathan Taylor right there and they failed to convert. So I don't I don't know what it is. He just he really does not seem to like uh, really just not does not seem to like Jonathan Taylor for some reason. So I think as long as, long as they refuse to use him, you know, Mo Alley Cox could be a red zone threat. And if he gets you that touchdown, he it's immediate return on, on value. So I, that's why I'm all in on him. And I think he can get a touchdown again this week because the, the Jets secondary is good. And I expect them to kind of focus all their attention on Pittman, which then could, could allow Mo Alley Cox to get possibly a touchdown on Thursday night. Uh, and uh, I'm going to take the Colts. As, as much as I like the Mike White experiment, I don't think he's going to do it again. So, Yeah, I'm taking the Colts too. I think they're a much more desperate team. All right, so that will do it for us today. We will be back on Friday. I believe just Matt and myself, we will be recapping the Thursday night football game and previewing the entire slate for the week nine 
the week nine week week nine of the NFL. Uh, so everybody enjoy the Thursday night football game between the Colts and the Jets, and we will talk to you guys again on Friday. Prepare for glory. I don't know if you got your popcorn ready. Do you got your popcorn ready? I came out the room wide ready. And he's hit the end zone for an unbelievable touchdown. I would be honored if you played football for this team. Throw it up above his head. They can't jump with me. Golly. Oh, they tackle him at the 40-yard line. Who can make a play? I can. Who can make a play? I can. <laughs>